Okay, <laughs> welcome to the coach's spot where we're actually going to talk about something new today. <laughs> Uh, I'm Jason T. Powell, your host. I'm here again with Will Smith. Not that Will Smith, although they look a lot alike. It is close. Yes. And then super coach, Anthony DeBrule, who's actually going to bring up the topic this week. I'm actually going to shut up. So, Anthony, it's all you, bro. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the topic's communication, not what we were talking about before I hit record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to go over um, communication um, for kids and to see if we can, you know, help you guys out. If you are a kid listening to um, be able to communicate with us, adults, et cetera. You know what I mean? And vice versa. Um, yeah. Well, because, you know, what the, the, the biggest thing that I find, too, when I go into the gym is I'm watching, you know, you, you go into a practice and stuff like that. And automatically you see some kids that you're assuming are just being lazy or just, just not doing You know what I mean? They're not taking as much turns, whatnot. And I find this all the time. So I kind of doubt when I dialed back and started asking more questions, I found out that it's not that, you know, that they were just being lazy and all that. They were frustrated and they kind of gave up on the task or they didn't understand the corrections that I've been giving them. Right. So, of course... You know, I call them, I call my kids over and I'm just like, hey, what's going on? And then, and then, of course, they'll be like, I'm being lazy. And I'm like, yeah, are you really being lazy? Like, seriously, are you really being lazy? Or are you just saying that because you think that's what I want you to respond? And of course, they're like, no, I mean, I, I really am trying. So, okay. So, as I go into these questions, I come to find out they don't understand what I'm saying. Like, they don't get how to. They get what I'm saying. But they just don't know how to, you know, make the change or whatever. So, of course, by the end of the thing, I'm like, I have to always tell them, I'm like, listen, if I don't know that you're having these struggles, then I'm going to assume that, you know, you're being lazy or you're just or you're playing around or whatever the case may be. And then that's where my frustrations are, frustrations are going to come into play. And that's where, you know, I'm going getting upset with you. And then you're going to go home upset because coach is mad at you, but you really were trying. You just didn't understand, but you're not communicating that with me. So now we have our disconnect and I can't help you to get better, you know, back and forth. Um, So now I always tell my kids, um, I have this big role with my girls. You know, if, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, I'm human. I'm imperfect. I have bad days just like you have bad days. And there's nothing wrong with having a bad day. But as long as we communicate that, then we could be, you know, on a better week, you know, hopefully the day would get better or whatever. So they know that, say, for instance, if they feel like I'm having a strong day or I'm being a little more overly aggressive, they can tell me. They could be like, hey, you're kind of being kind of being a jerk today. <laughs> like whatever. They could say whatever they want to me as long as and then we'll have a conversation about it. You know what I mean? So that way they know. If I'm if they feel like I'm being too overbearing on them or whatever, they can be like, hey, you know, you should relax or whatever. And then they tell me how they feel. And then I'll tell them my standpoint and why I'm frustrated or whatever. And hopefully we can come to that middle ground. But it's it's worked because now I don't have kids that are afraid to tell me that they're they're hurting or that they don't understand things. So like my progressions have gone a lot bigger. And I think a lot of these coaches they don't. They just they see a kid struggling, and they don't. And of course, because they're not mind readers, and you can't mind read those kids. But they're just automatically going to the first thing is, oh, that kid's lazy, you know. 
Yeah. So I think if we can communicate with our kids better and if kids can understand that you can say how you feel to your coach, I think we can create better athletes in that manner. For sure. But, and here's the thing about communication and, and will can back this up because you and I, Anthony, we deal with a lot of one-on-one where will has coached a plethora of kids and, and especially in high school, even at Plano that were a huge difference in, in talent levels in experience in so many things so, as we talked about in the other show a lot were select kids some it could have been their first experience in high school you know that maybe they played a little bit through middle school you know so will had to deal with a lot of different i don't want to speak for will but had to deal with a lot of different skill levels where you and i have the the um what's the word i'm looking for we have the um, good luck <laughs> of the fact that all our kids, all our kids are pretty much the same level when we move through groups. So we yeah. may coach a lot of different levels, but the group we're coaching at that time is one level. And a lot of them are, I, I don't want to say close, but they're, they're within the same ballpark of talent level. Yeah. Here's my thing about communication. And this is something I, I learned as I've talked about it before with Will, uh, with our old roommate, Terry, who is a master communicator, by the way. And he was also really good at reading his kids. He, he could, he could watch an athlete walk and be like, are you having pain in your knee? Like even without a noticeable limp, that's how well and how in tune with his athletes he was. But here's the thing. You can have all the knowledge in the world and be a poor communicator and you're a crappy coach and you can have a general knowledge of a sport and be a master communicator and you're a great coach. And will can, will can probably speak to this more than me because will had, has to coach, you know, another great part is we have four events. We only coach. I only coach two. I coach vault and bars. Will has to cut, had to coach every aspect when you coach select, right? Well, I mean, basically when it comes to, certain things like it gets it gets specialized at a certain point right like you know when we were doing football we'd have 120 150 kids out but you would specialize in in your spot like i coached linebackers i coached interior offensive linemen we we would obviously see all the kids and we would you know help out wherever necessary but you know i would work with basically 25 kids Right, but in, which is a lot for me and Anthony. That's that would be a huge amount of kids. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the one thing is that obviously, you know, depending on grades, depending on you know if they passed, if they failed, um, you know, if, if with Plano, you know, obviously we'd have the kids from the senior high, but we'd also have kids coming in from the feeder schools. Right, and so as far as you know, with them coming in, moving things like that, that could vary as well. Um, but you know, there's some programs that like you mentioned, Alan, they may have 180 to 200 kids come out, mm-hmm. um, you know, Plano East, Plano, actually all, all the Plano schools in Allen, they are four of the top five, uh, population schools in Texas. Wow. They've got five to 6,000 kids in the, in the school. Wow. Allen will have 500 kids come out to try to play and they actually will cut down to 200 kids. Wow. wow. Go, That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean. When it comes down to athletics, when it comes down to being a coach, it's just with, with any other relationship as far as communication goes. 
I think both you guys just hit the nail on the head as far as being observant first and foremost. You can know everything, but if you can't convey it and you can't see it in the the, the athlete to begin with, it doesn't matter. You know, I've I've seen lots of great coaches or people that knew a lot in the sport, but they couldn't convey it. Right. Or they didn't allow the athlete to actually communicate back to them. Like hearing. Give hey, them the chance. Yeah. Saying, hey, you know, you tell me what you're feeling or how things are going instead of let me just tell you everything that I'm seeing or let me just yell at you or scream at you or tell you what's wrong. And before right. you know it, the kid didn't receive anything. They just want to get away from you. Right. They don't want to receive any coaching. Yeah. They're just trying to get this 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 conversation done as quickly as possible. Right. And nothing was benefited. It didn't improve them. It didn't help you gain give them any knowledge. It was just wasted time. Right. And and what I want to do is I want to give you I want I want to give the listener technical advice on how to communicate. So first and foremost, and Anthony is a prime example of the new age of coaching. Like Gymnastics has changed a huge amount in the last, what, five years, Anthony? Ten years? Yeah. Probably five. Five. Where it's, it's we're in a, we're in a, I don't want to say ultra sensitive. That's the wrong word. We're in a very, what's the word I'm looking for, Anthony? Scrutinized? Uh, scrutinized? Yeah. Scrutinized industry right now. Because, mm-hmm. and, and will, will to, you know, he coached and he, Will Plano, man, that's like that's like one of the top programs in to coach in Plano. You're coaching some of the best athletes in the country. I mean, it's yeah. it's and gymnastics right now is so over scrutinized. And Anthony is is kind of a I don't want byproduct doesn't give you the right. You're you're you are a, a product of that over scrutinization because you're already a sensitive guy and i think you're kind of the new breed of coach that's coming out of that that's coming out of that that culture that's there right now where everybody is under a microscope and yeah and a lot of times i want to i i'm going to be totally honest unfairly criticized for the way they coach everybody has a different coaching style anthony's coaching style is 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 the word I'm looking for organic. It's very, it's very partnership orientated. It's not a dictatorship. It's a partnership and it's very more mentor orientated. And I, I think I'm kind of a, I'm probably kind of a crossbreed of that. I I'm probably not as positive as Anthony in no way. Do I want to say I'm negative? I'm a pretty positive coach. And the way I do that and the bottom line is what I'm trying to get to is the way I communicate is I give I give my compliment I give whatever we're working on I tell them what I feel about it I give them their correction and then I close that correction and a lot of times I'll ask them to repeat the correction back to me so if I'm saying you know we're missing that handstand because we're not bringing our feet into the bars enough and we're not keeping our thighs close to our chest and they'll look at me and they'll be like okay I'm like so what did I mean when I said that what am I looking for they're like, oh, you're looking for me to, you know, pike my hips more and, and straddle and, and blah, blah, blah. And they'll repeat it back to me. And so I understand that they understand what I'm saying. Because a lot of times I'll say something and you get this look, especially with serious type A, serious personalities, 
they don't want to admit that they don't understand what you just said. Right? I'm sure you get that a lot too, Will. Where they they don't want to admit that they don't understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And especially in football, in a technical standpoint, if you're saying, okay, I need you to seal off this corner and I need you to shuck this guy or whatever, you know, and I need you to be in this spot. What am I telling you? Where do I need? You know, and them repeating that back to you gives you a clear understanding of what they're hearing. And especially with coaching teenage female athletes, when you give a correction, and if I'm full of it, you're more than welcome to comment and tell me all about how I'm full of it and I'm a sexist pig. But when you talk to a teenage female athlete, I will say that was really good. Your legs were really straight. I just need them to drift into the bar more. But I really like how you're hitting the handstand. All they hear is blah, blah, blah. I suck. Blah, blah, blah. That's all they hear. And if you don't agree with me, you might want to think on it because you're not communicating to your athlete. Because that's what they hear. They have every part of America Telling them as a t- female teenager in this country, they have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. They have all these things telling them of why they are not worthy. <laughs> and this is the body type they should be. And this is what they should be wearing. And this is how they should act. And this is, and that's all they hear constantly all day. And they know they're not that. So therefore, if you, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But guess what? I'm right. It's that simple. And that's what makes them guys. It tends to it's water off a duck's back. A lot of times do they deal with it? Absolutely. But are they scrutinized? Like, especially the female athlete. I know this is about communication, but real quick, do you know, <laughs> do you know how many times? Cause I'm on, I'm on, I, I work out quite a bit. And so I'm on TikTok. Uh, I don't know what my thing is or anything else. Uh, I'm creepy old man on TikTok. No, I'm on TikTok because my athletes are on TikTok. I'm not friends with my athletes on TikTok, but they talk about it all the time. I'm def- I'm I'm not on I'm not on uh, dance TikTok. Okay, I'm on mostly fitness TikTok and Republican TikTok or Trump supporter TikTok. Sorry, didn't mean to make it political. Okay, but I'm a conservative. Um, <laughs> but. Do you know how many times on fitness TikTok there's a girl on there or I'm sorry, a woman on there, a female athlete who obviously has put the work in in the gym, looks spectacular by fitness standards. Okay, I'm not talking about what America's standards are or whatever and get scrutinized and criticized because their arms are too big or their their abs look gross because they can see them. I mean, do you know how much they're scrutinized and criticized for being in spectacular shape? And then they're told, well, you're shaming people that aren't in that kind of shape. Right. And this is what our athletes because Will can tell you, he's been to one of my workouts or a few of my workouts. Oh, yeah. Anthony obviously knows because he coaches them every day. These girls are in spectacular, unbelievable shape. Shape that I can tell you a pro athlete I talked to two weeks ago was like, I can't believe these athletes look like this and what they can do. They can do more than any pro football player I've ever seen. And they're scrutinized and criticized for it. So they get that all day and then they come and hear you. And what's our job as a coach 
is to tell them how to fix stuff. And now they feel like they're not getting credit for the work they're putting in. And they absolutely are. But they're, what they're doing is they're filtering and they're, they're amplifying what they're hearing from the outside. Cause I had a level 10 athlete come to me her senior year of high school. She came to me and she said, I can't find a date to prom. Like how do you, she was beautiful. She's gorgeous. I'm like, how can you not find a date to prom? And she says, like, she goes, all the all the boys say I'm too muscular and I look like a man. Which, first off, she didn't look like a man at all. She had no masculine traits whatsoever. She was very feminine, beautiful floor routine, everything else. Whatever your standards of femininity are, that's what she was. Was she unbelievably muscular? Yes. Was she manly? No. Anyway, I told her, you know what? Don't worry about it. Because it's amplified right now because you're a senior in high school. When you go off to college, a very strange thing is going to happen. People that put the work in are going to take one look at you and respect you because they see you putting the work in. Not because they see your workout, just from how you look, they're going to respect that. And guess what? She came back from college her first semester and she's like, I'm coach. I'm, I'm having to turn down dudes constantly they line up at my dorm room (laughs) like they're asking me out all the time and she goes and they're athletic and they're good looking and they're on the basketball team and the football team and the wrestling team and they're always they're always i don't want to say hitting on me but they're talking to me they're respecting me they're they're telling me oh my gosh you've really put the work in it's unbelievable how my life has changed i went from you know being called man in high school to these men, these athletes showing me attention now. And that's what happens because athletes recognize athletes. The problem was she just wasn't around enough athletes and the athletes she was around were insecure about who they are. And they look at a girl who can do more pull-ups than them and they don't like that. Well, guess what? You don't want to be fooling with them anyway. You want people to respect what you do. My point is, so they're bombarded with this all day, especially in high school and middle school. Oh, you look like a boy. Oh, you look at your arms. They hear this all day. And then they have you telling you how to correct something. And all they hear is I'm terrible. So you got to take that into consideration as a coach, especially if you coach female athletes. Guys got to deal with it, too. Offensive linemen in football got to deal with it all the time. Oh, you're fat. Okay, that dude can squat 465 pounds. He's not fat. He might be fat by your standards. But the dude's an athlete. Right. I mean, William, the refrigerator Perry was 315 pounds and he could jump 60 inches from the floor onto a table. Most people cannot do that. Okay. They're athletes. Could they be in better shape? Yes. But, or could they be thinner? Sure. But guess what? Their job on the football field is to plug up holes Mm -hmm. or to keep defensive linemen from coming through. They want them to have to go a long distance. Right. (laughs) Right? So they got to be kind of big. It's a part of the job and they take that on. So, but they still hear the people behind their back. We got to take that into it because a lot of people just think, oh, confidence because they're athletes. It's the exact opposite, especially in this world right now. They're being criticized for being an athlete because what if you're an athlete, Will, and you're a football player, what are you automatically in the eyes of somebody that's winning spelling bees and in, and in uh, honors you're, society, you're a dumb jock, you're a dumb jock. Yeah. That's the first thing they think, which actually statistically is not true. Well, here's the reality. Like, well, I say reality. 
Um, and most programs, like at least the ones that I've been in, either worked in or like, for example, the one my son just graduated from and my, my younger son is in, their expectations are actually above um, just the norm. Right. They can't make a C. Yeah. If they make a C, they're not playing. Gymnastics is the... They yeah. have to make A's and B's. Right. They cannot have any uh, any uh, attitude issues in class. They can't get in any issues with a teacher. That's they awesome. They can't have any problems outside of the classroom. If they hear of any issues being you know with other students, let's say they're you know bullying somebody online. Right. Anything that happens that a normal kid could have, they're not playing. And they and as they shouldn't. I think athletes should be held to a higher standard. Right. Now that being said, we all know that every kid is going to be a kid. Right. So what we basically say is, look, we know that you're going to be a kid. We know there's going to be issues. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, something happens, you need to come to us. Don't let us hear this from somebody else. Right. If you're going to have a problem, we want to hear your side. We want to know why. We're going to provide you with every opportunity to fix the situation. You having a problem with grades? Great. We have every tutor here to help you. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that if you're having a problem, if you have a learning situation, if obviously there's learning situations, if you have special needs, we're going to put you with the person that's going to give you the best success possible. Because mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some kids, hey, C is the best you're ever going to do. And that's, right. that's okay. Absolutely. But if obviously you can do better than C and that's all you're doing, then we have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the reality is that for a lot of our kids is that they're held to a higher standard because we want them to have a higher standard in their athletics. Right. Accountability. Right. We want them to push and to achieve. I think if every coach, you know, I've listened to you two guys talk. I mean, I've known you for 20 plus years and I've listened <laughs> to you two guys talk. Obviously, you guys know. I told you the one time I listened. I was like, I listened to the, uh, the podcast for 30 minutes. I now know more about gymnastics <laughs> than I'm going to know in my entire life that I've ever heard. Because right. obviously, you and Anthony know your skill set. Right. You know gymnastics. But you can know this. How do you actually translate that to another person? Well, and that's the thing. I think Anthony and I, I, I think Anthony and I would be the first to, to admit that there's coaches out there that know more than us. By far. Oh, yeah. But I think Anthony and I are both, and I actually got this compliment the other day where they're like, you're a master communicator. Like not just in, not just in gymnastics, but, and Anthony and I have gotten compliments on the show where that's their compliment is they're like, wow, you guys really get your stuff across. And, and that's, I think that's our strong suit is, is, is not technical knowledge necessarily. I I mean, we know what we need to know, Mm -hmm. but I would say our communication. Right. Wouldn't you, Anthony? Yeah. Well, you know what that, yeah. What would have been funny is if you just would have gone, yep. No. no, (laughs) You just got me thinking about this situation (laughs) that I just had this week. So me and, uh, 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 well, me. Okay. So I've been struggling uh, mentally with my coaching, with my, um, my higher levels, right? Yeah. My daughter. So I've, there's been a couple of times where I've kind of questioning myself, like, should I stick to this or this may not be right, whatever. And cause again, I don't want to use COVID as, as this, um, as this excuse or whatever. So I ended up going up to, um, one of my coworkers that, um, I, we're, we're, we're really good now, but I, in the past, I, I, I wouldn't say that we were friends, you know what right. I mean? Or we didn't really communicate with each other. We just, we're partners that I'm not saying that we didn't like each other. What I'm saying is we just didn't really communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 
doing his thing. I did my thing. Um, our girls competed against each other. Um, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I ended up, I pull him aside and I'm like, hey, man, um, I go, can you help me out with this? Because I have two kids that aren't doing bars right now. And I really want to uh, create a routine, uh, just a basic routine, just to get them a score so they can at least make state, you know, so they can go to state whatnot. Because right now, mentally, they're struggling with a couple of these skills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he stopped me and he's like, are you questioning yourself? <laughs> and I, I go, and I looked at him and I go, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I just, I, I need the help. I, I need to be the best coach I can be for my kids. And right now I just have these questions and, you know, if it comes to teaching skills, I got it all day, every day, timing, whatever. I'm good at it. But when it comes to like, um, coming up with a routine or, you know, in this situation, I, that's where I feel like where my coaching lacks, you know what I mean? And I need to be better at it. So, I was wondering if you can help me and blah, blah, blah. And, and of course, like, and you know, in the gymnastics industry, when that happens, that's rare. Cause it was like, what you guys help, you know, whatever. So anyway, so he was like, I think he was kind of taking a, a little step back cause he wasn't expecting me to, you know, ask right. questions to say yeah. what I think I was saying. So of course he ends up later on. Um, he tells me, you know, well, maybe they can do this, this, and that, and that'll probably help them. And I was like, cool, thanks. And of course, you know me. Ten minutes down the line, I, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> so, so two days later, I walk up to him. I go, hey, I'm sorry, man, but can can you tell me it again so I can write it down? And he's like, listen, I, I'll write it down for you, and then I'm going to send it to you on a text message or, or an email, or whatever. So, so he ends up doing it, right? And but and then he, um, you know, wrote at the end. Um, this nice message saying like, you know, Hey, you know, you're doing a good job. Your kid, the way you coach your kids have really stuck into, it, and that's why they love you for it and stuff like that. And he, and he had told me, he's like, you know, I just want you to know that, I, you know, it is a pleasure to be able to coach, you know, but with yeah. a guy like you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And of course I have went from feeling stupid and kind of like in this low to feeling like, Oh, okay, cool. Like now I feel you know, a thousand times better, but not only that, I feel better with, with everybody else around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that ego got thrown out, thrown out the thing. And it, you know, it didn't go the way I thought, obviously, you know, it never happens the way you think it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. But it's never know, as bad it made as you myself feel better, but that was me again, communicating with my other employees and taking myself out and saying, Hey, I don't know any, everything. Could you please help me? You know, what's funny is uh, I ran into that, this this season, a coach that I work with, uh, Igor Carvalho, actually, who's a spectacular coach. He coaches he coaches more than just gymnastics, but he's uh, he's awesome. He was he was on the I'm pretty sure he was on the Brazilian national track team too, and he's just a good guy. And he one of his gymnasts was having problems with bars, and I coach in the afternoons, and Igor coaches in the mornings. And I walk in and she's there, super sweet kid. I love her to death. And she walks up to me and she goes, hey, Coach Igor sent me to you. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm having problems with this. And Coach Igor said that you need a different perspective. So I'm here to work with you. 
I'm like, how many coaches do that? Yeah, no. And I'm telling you right now, Igor's a better coach than me. So, so I mean, I'm telling you right now, he he knows more than me. He he has he's more knowledge in his little finger than I have in my whole body. And he's a good communicator. He loves he loves his athletes. He's a good guy. But he knew she needed a different perspective, and he was secure enough to say, "Go work with Jason." Which do you think I have more or less respect because he did that? More, obviously, yeah. uh, more, so much more. Because what does he care about? He cares about the athlete. Yeah, he doesn't care about who's going to get credit. He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about hey, you need to hear it from a different point of view. You need to hear a different voice. Go work with Jason for a little bit. And and she is. And she's, like I said, I feel blessed because she's a great kid to work with. So it's awesome when people send you great athletes. And you're like, yeah. well, uh, thanks for making me look good because it has nothing to do with me because this yeah. is a great kid. But with that being said, I know we're on communication, but I think you said something really, really important, which is everybody who coaches – and Will, you can tell me this too. Sure. Your point of view is perfect for this. Everybody who coaches sooner or later has imposter syndrome. Where they look around and they see the coaches they're coaching with and they see where they're coaching and they see their athletes and they think, I'm not supposed to be here. These people are better than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't feel that, you're coaching at the wrong level. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I guarantee NFL coaches think that. Yeah. Every coach at any time. It reminds me. It reminds me. And Will can speak on this, too. It reminds me of what I heard about um, priests and rabbis and people of religion who are in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, no matter how much faith they have. They either go into bed or wake up one day and think, am I a fool? And then they refine their faith and they, they're bet. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's imposter syndrome. That happens all the time. Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I can tell you, cause obviously I haven't coached at playing a senior football in what? 15 years. Right. Um, but at that time, since then I can remember sitting on sidelines and standing across guys who now coach in the NFL. Yeah. Who now coach at, you know, Arizona State, coach at, you know, Todd Dodge, who is now the head coach at Austin Westlake, and he's won multiple state championships. Right. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Gary, uh, Richard Rodriguez, who is at Arizona State. Um, I mean, there's multiple guys. Right. Um, and I can think about the folks. The I mean, Yeah, these guys. I mean, I, 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 the conferences and the coaches' clinics that I used to go to where Nick Saban would come in. Right. Where, you know, Bob Stoops would be there. Um, uh, Mac Brown. We get to sit there and talk to these guys. I'm like, and and I, I, even at that time, obviously I was at the bottom of the food chain, <laughs> right? But I shouldn't even be on this food chain, right? Right? Um, right? Right? But it, it's funny talking about like if I'm on this food chain, whoever tried to eat me would spit me out. Yeah, I'm like I'm not even supposed to be in this. I'm not even supposed to be in this room, <laughs> right? They, like if they really looked at me, it's like you immediately when you walk in, people are like, oh, that guy's the imposter, right? Be here, which they're not. Like, thinking, the, the, by the the, way. like the alarm should be going off, like, right? Get right. Out. Right, but it's funny when you talk about people who can communicate to their their athletes, uh, and I think Anthony, you've already said this or whatever. You know, I I can immediately think of two different coaches, and both of them held two different positions, but yet one is considered and, and probably the greatest coach I've ever known, 
he coached for over 40 years at Plano Senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just recently passed away. He was my mentor, no doubt, Steve Thomas. And he coached uh, offensive tackles, interior defensive tackles, and special teams. So not even like you would consider, like, he wasn't a, he was never a coordinator. He was never a head coach. He coached, he had coached at Brighton Adams for like, personally, I think those are the most important jobs on the team, by the way. In reality, it can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's not one where like you're ski, I mean, obviously special teams, there's, there's, there's some technicality to it, but it's right. like run and tackle. Yeah. Or block. Or make sure you kick the ball. You got to convince people, though, to run yeah. down as far as they can insane. and throw their bodies yeah. into the you know, wood chipper. Defensive tackles, you're telling them, hey, you got to you know, basically make sure that you fill a gap so that your linebackers can make take tackles. Offensive tackles, yeah. I mean, the reason you have to be so big is because you don't get a running start to stop guys that are coming at your quarterback. Right. So you have to hold mass from acceleration. Um, but, I mean, he, he coached there for 40 years. There are thousands of young men. That love that guy. That would run yeah. through walls for this guy. Um, I'm one of them. And then I can think of another guy. And I'm not going to mention his name because he's a head coach at a pretty prominent place right now. <laughs> Go Leopards. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, he probably knows more football and has innovated more offensive football than probably. I mean, he's part of the reason that the spread offense is now so prevalent in NFL. Yeah, he was right up there with Todd Dodge, helping create the spread offense in Texas high school football, which meant into the, into college football, and then is now in the NFL. Right. However, I watched him scream and yell and belittle and berate kids, and I remember watching them on the sidelines saying how much they hate him and could not stand him and could not wait to get away from him. Yeah. And if you asked any of those kids now that have graduated who are grown men, and you ask for them to relive stories about him, they're not positive. Right. They cannot stand him. And, you know, and for Coach Thomas at his eulogies and his remembrances, these guys absolutely love and adore him. He's a second father. Well, and we're lining up father. probably to talk about him. Absolutely. To say positive things about him. This other guy, and unfortunately, whenever that come time and come place comes, they wouldn't be, they'd be more than glad to pick up the shovel to bury him. Right. And so as far as a coach goes, the knowledge and stuff, and, and Steve Thomas could outcoach just about anybody, I think, anyways, if he wanted to get down to X's nose just as well. Um, but he knew as athletes. Yeah. He got involved in their lives. Um, he helped bring the FCA chapter to North Texas. Um, he was a, a great person to begin with because he loved his athletes. And he got on their level. And he talked to them. And he, you know, they knew that he loved them. And then when it got time to actually talk about the sport first and say, okay, tell me what you see and let me tell you what I see and let's talk about what is going on and how to improve that. So that, because obviously as a coach, I can't do it for you as much as I'd like to do it for you. I can't. So I have yeah. to instill into you in your mind how to make your body do it. And that's one of the things about gymnastics is you're using every inch of your body yeah. at breakneck speed. <laughs> with every muscle in your body, which is truly amazing, to get them to go, go and like yeah, when I went, you know, at that point in time, I was coaching both football and baseball, and we were kicking out kids to colleges into the professional levels, and I thought we worked hard until I saw one of you guys' routines. Like, yeah, no, 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 or one else practices. I was like, <laughs> screw that. No. I could make it through like the twenty minute warm up, or even pretend warm up. Forget that. Yeah, but to to go it that fast with that kind of velocity and intensity. To be able to control yourself and to do those kind of things, and then say, "Okay, well, you know, move your leg this this 
quarter of an inch. Yeah. Or twist your neck this far. You know, and get your kids to understand how to do that. Yeah. I mean, but to, before you can even get to that, you've got to get that kid to buy into what you're selling. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the full thing about communication is before they can even trust that you even know what you're talking about is to trust that they know you. Yeah. And vice versa, that you know them. Right. And that's the most well, important thing. And I have kids and look at me like hard. I'm nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the kids. Trust is hard. Yeah. I've had kids that I had. a new guy, they look at you and they're like, nope. Oh, when I'm you're the new guy, it. it's yeah. really hard because yeah. we have to spot too. So now you, they're like, well, who's spotting me? Yeah. Like, I don't know you. Like, it, it has nothing to do with even, even putting hands on them. It, that, that's not what they're concerned about. They're like, are you going to catch me? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> are you going to save me if you have to? And you could tell seasoned gymnasts from newer gymnasts, because seasoned gymnasts are like, I don't care who stands there. Like, yep. they've been spotted enough by enough yep. coaches that they don't care. They'd be like, I just need you there. Right. Can you just stand there? Yeah. And then and then they do their thing. Carrie like, used to call oh, it more on support. And they'd be like, hey, thank you for the spot. And you're like... <laughs> I just Terry Terry used to call it moron support instead of moral support. He's like, Oh, you need me to stand there for moron support. Like (laughs) he's like, you don't need me there. But you know, a a classic, a classic thing. And it goes with a communication and imposter syndrome is Neil Resnick who owned flips in Reno, Nevada. I might've told this story before, but he, uh, he used to host a really big meet, huge meet when he, when he was, when he owned it. And Russia would come to the meet, the Russian national team. And it was a boy and girl meet. And I don't even know if he hosted it. It might have been someone else that hosted it. It doesn't matter. But so Arkayev called him and said, can the Russian national team come train at your gym? And, of course, he was like, absolutely. And he's like, do you want me to clear the gym out? And Arkayev's like, you know, whenever you have time in the day, we will work around your schedule. But, yeah, we'd like the gym, you know, somewhat. You can have classes and stuff, but we'd like it somewhat, (laughs) you know, nobody there watching us. And Neil is like, well, can I watch the practice? And Arkayev's like, of course, it's your gym. And so the first day Arkayev gets there, he gets there with the Russian national team. And Neil says he runs out to the floor with a pen and a paper. Because this is the greatest gymnastic, arguably the greatest, whatever controversy there is around him, the greatest gymnastics coach of all time. It blows Bella out of the water. Come on. Oh, wow. I mean, he's the greatest ever. And because he coached boys and men, or he coached men and females. Like, so he coached everything. I read his book. It's It's so far over my head, it's not even funny. So anyway... Neil runs out there with a pen and paper and he goes, he goes, the first thing he noticed was that the Russian national team started with basic basics on floor. And if he saw something he didn't like, they started over. And if they didn't get there to their tumbling passes, he didn't care. If it was forward rolls and he saw something that needed to be fixed and he wasn't, he wasn't moving on. He didn't move on. He's like, do it again, do it again. Do it again. No, that's not right. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And, you know, he'd be yelling at him in Russian or whatever. But he also knew his athletes really well. And Neil goes, so I run up to him. And he goes, Arkayev, what do you think is more important? Uh, Rope climbs or or push-ups? And he's like, yes. (laughs) 
And he goes, okay, how many, how many push-ups do you do? And he's like, I, uh, what do you mean? And he's like, well, for your conditioning, do you do this, this, and this? What about when you're training this, this, and this? What about when you're doing this? And finally, Arkayev goes, are you the coach? He goes, yeah. Then you already know. Mm. Like, I'm not, I, he was like, I'm not one to tell you what to do with your kids. Wow. This is what we do. But what you do is up to you because they're your kids. They're your athletes. So if you're missing something and something's not where it's supposed to be, it's your job to adjust it to how you need to adjust it. But you're their coach. And until they quit and go somewhere else, you're their coach. You know best. No matter what anybody else says, you know best. And here's the greatest. And by the way, Neil Resnick is probably top three bar coaches of all time. He's he as good as Arkayev. You mean to tell me that you're not one of the top three? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Top four. I don't top even four. want to be up there. Top four. <laughs> I like being down here with the good old folks. <laughs> with the rest of the peons. But I'm like, it's funny too because when I get questions and they'll be, you know, this, that, and then I tell them and they're like, oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, that's like, the biggest thing. I'm is like, when yeah, I have imposter syndrome. No pill or there's no secret dust that i'm going like this i'm like (laughs) well and terry it is it is sort of break your heart but you know when i when i stepped down as head coach for terry to come in and terry probably is in that top three of bar coaches and vault coaches he's still one of the best him uh brad harris and a few other people great unbelievable vault coaches and i remember i was at a level five meet And I've told this story to you, Anthony. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. But I'm standing on the side of the floor, and Valeri Lukin is at the end of the floor. Kurt Thomas is standing next to me, and Kim Kim Zemeskel is standing on the other side of me. I'm the only person coaching their kids on floor without a U.S. or Olympic medal. Talk about imposter syndrome. I'm the only one standing there that had, I'm like, yeah, I haven't been on a national team. What am I doing here? What's the first thing Terry asked me when I told him that story and he's head coach now, but he wasn't at that session. And I, he came into the coach's room afterwards. He's like, what's wrong? I go, bro, even at this level, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm cut out. I don't know if I'm good enough, blah, 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 blah. And I told him that story and he looks me dead in the eye. He goes, how'd your girls do? This one won, and these two were in the top three. He goes, and who gives a crap? Who cares how many medals they got? You're obviously doing the right thing. And he goes, I've known plenty of Olympic champions that can't teach anything. Yeah. And I, I worked with one. I love her to death. I worked with one. I guarantee she's not listening to the show, but I'm still not going <laughs> to say her name. I worked with one, and no, it wasn't at Eagle. No, it hasn't been in the top 10 years. Great gymnast, national champion, spectacular gymnast, still holds records in the NCAA for all arounds and bar scores. Spectacular. Could not coach her way out of a paper bag because it came too easy. When she would teach a full, she would say, go. Well, how do I do this, this, and this? You twist. What? What? <laughs> like, 
Not once when I saw her coach did she say, hey, get your hips flat coming out of the back handspring. Get your hips flat so you set. She would yell set, which what the hell does set mean? I hear coaches scream that all the time. Set, set, set. Okay, explain set to them. Because obviously you screaming set isn't working because they just did 300 of them three feet above the ground. So obviously they don't understand what you mean by set. It means get your hips flat. Get your butt in line with your heels so you go straight up in the air. Because if you take off with your feet behind you or in front of you, it's not going to do that. That's what it means. I hear them saying the same thing and I get frustrated just like you do. I'm I'm like, first of all, they are setting because they think that set is hands up. Right. And I'm like, they are setting. Their hands are going back this way, though. They're setting this way because they're still. Right now, Will saying, what the tight. hell are you guys talking about? But, I, like, but it's funny because it, it's the truth. They're still making their butt is not tight. So they can do this. So they're setting back this way instead of going straight up. And For, they don't know that. But they do things. If they scream it, it the kid's going to know it. Oh, here's my number one thing in gymnastics. Stop. <laughs> set. Stop. And you could say this for football and baseball, too. Oh. Stop. Please stop diagnosing the symptoms. <laughs> right? Stop diagnosing the symptoms. That's what you're doing. Set, set, set. You're not setting. That's a symptom of bad technique. Yeah. Fix the technique. Just like when people are like, oh, well. Well, you're throwing your head when you twist. Uh, uh, fix it. Well, how do you fix it? You drop your nose to your armpit because the know thyself is the smell thyself. <laughs> Stupid line. I say it all the time, and guess what happens? They twist better. You know why? Because they don't do this. They don't throw their head over their shoulder. And why do they remember it? Because they said it in a stupid way. Yeah. Just like when I say, if you say squeeze your butt, okay? Squeeze your butt. You cannot pike if you squeeze your belly and your butt at the same time. You have to relax to pike, right? Am I right, Anthony? Okay. So what I tell them is pretend like you're at school and you're standing in line next to a really cute boy and you have to fart. And you got to squeeze it in. Bro, stupid, right? Dad joke, right? Works. It works. It, but that's what you have to do. You have to break it down to a point that they can relate to. And when a national champion is telling you just do it, first of all, what do you want to do? You want to do it. You want to do it. So you, And you don't want to admit to this person that was a national champion or Olympic champion, because I coached with her too, not very good. <laughs> You don't want to admit to this person that you look up to that you don't understand what they're saying. So you just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Stop diagnosing the symptoms as a coach and start teaching the technique. Stop telling them what they're doing wrong and tell them how to fix it because that's how you get better. Yeah. I can give, I can give you two phenomenal uh, cases in point in baseball and football. So both my boys, um, being that actually baseball was my predominant background. That's why I play professionally. And so both of them played one year baseball because <laughs> they had no interest in it after that. Just, yeah. It was too slow for them. And I, my oldest, I coached him 
My youngest, I did not. Um, he was on another team. It was oh, T-ball. Yeah. After that, we both, both my wife and I just realized, hey, this is not <laughs> going to be their sport. They're out there in the field playing with the butterflies, kicking around. They just had no interest. They got right. into soccer and, and then into football later. But so I felt, I mean, I almost felt bad for the coach, but he was doing all the just stereotypical, just kind of baseball cliche stuff, which is actually most of it is anti-successful when it gets to upper high level stuff. Yeah. And, you know, when we coach my boys for the most part, and I felt bad for him because I was the dad as my son is up there behind, up there about to hit. And I'm telling him the exact, the coach is up there telling him, make sure you got your elbow up real high. I'm like, drop your elbow. Because when you go to load, as you go to swing, as you go to swing, what's the first thing you do? You drop your elbow down to go swing. Yeah. So what we would teach at Plano is you go ahead and start with your hands back, up and load, elbows down. So I'm like, go ahead and start from the load position so that way you're not wasting time as you get older, as the ball is moving faster, mm-hmm. you're saving time on a flat plane. I yell, so, get your elbow up all the time. That's, a, that's a, just a, that was old school, elbow up, elbow right, up. Right, know? right, right. But anyways, so as the coach is telling, get your elbow up, I'm telling Luke, drop your elbow. And so my <laughs> poor son is looking at us doing the chicken wing. He's doing the chicken yeah. dance. And I'm like, I said, don't listen to him. And so the coach is going, elbow up. And I'm like, drop your elbow. And he's like, you know, I'm not getting your, get your feet out, you know, load. And I'm just going load, load, load. Right. But anyway, so if, you, if, if you're able to teach specific things and the kid is able to Kids are smart enough to get specific things, right? Like at the high school level with our ki- the athletes, like my oldest, who this is one of the reasons I made sure to pass him on mm-hmm. because it got to the point that it was dad, not coach. Yeah, he didn't want to listen to dad, <laughs> so I could tell him the exact same things, but coach for some reason it was like in a different language. Yeah. So, but we would be on huddle, which is the the film sessions that they would use to watch other teams, and so it got to the point that because like now even with high school level. You know, pre-snap, they've got a camouflage or they've got to hide their their, their coverages because they'll, they'll go in motion to try to read what defense you're in. Right. So they'll try to hide their coverages two or three different times so that the quarterback can't read what coverage you're in so they know what pre-snap where they're trying to throw the ball. Right. And so my son played free safety. And so they got able to say, well, how many times does the quarterback actually look up before they actually snap the ball to see what coverage they're in? So how many times nice. do we have to hide the coverage? Right. So right. does he look at it twice? Does he look at it three times? Do we show cover two and drop down into a single high? Do we show a, a fire zone blitz and then drop out into a cover three? So they, basically we would study with that with him. Anthony is a Vikings fan, so he doesn't know what any of that means. <laughs> do we tackle or do we not tackle? I don't know. Hey, our defense is always stout. <laughs> yeah, hey, Vikings play great defense. It's just can they find a quarterback? Um but anyway, Kirk Cousins is God. Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback. Not, no, no bad. Viking fan would ever say that. <laughs> hey, and that if Kirk they Cousins. are a real Viking fan, and they well, um, think yeah. they are, and they say that, I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> Bring back Warren Moon. So yes, uh, but well, anyway, can't you just Randall make sure that the other oh, three Randall. Vikings fans don't say <laughs> yeah. it? But yeah, so uh, here we are, 16 <laughs> and 17 year old kids. Yeah, are able to read the offense going from trips to a straight spread. Moving a guy in motion, knowing when to time the quarterback's second look to drop from a cover two into a bandit cover high one and going from a zone to a man. And tell me kids aren't smart enough to understand what a coach is trying to tell them. Right. But if they trust that the coach is going to listen to them and do that stuff after watching, typically for them, it's about five to ten hours of film after going through it in practice and stuff. It's do they actually listen to the coach or not? 
Right. Do they trust the coach? Or not? For sure. And is that's coach, a big thing. Is the do they trust enough them? To actually, is the coach smart enough to actually be able to get on their level and do it in a way versus just scream and yell at them? Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Because I, I don't. And I think coaching has changed a lot. You know, what's funny mm. is people. Absolutely. People think that like Nick Saban mm-hmm. is a total is a total jerk or whatever. Players that play for him have said he's hilarious. You know, the only time he screams and yells is on the camera. Yeah. He doesn't do it in practice. Oh, I love him in interviews, too. When yeah. they'll say something, he'll be like, what? <laughs> he only does that for me. Now, he's a hard ass. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt about that. But as far as the whole antics about throwing things or getting mad and stuff like that, yeah. he only does that for the media. Well, and here's the thing. I, I'm a disciplinarian. Sure. I'm a disciplinarian, but my girls probably won't say if you asked them like mm-hmm. is is coach jason a disciplinary no mm-hmm. like i've said i've said hey do you want to see mean jason because if you don't get in line right now and get to where you're supposed to get to you're going to see mean jason oh yeah i don't want to be mean jason mm-hmm. so it's up to you mm-hmm. and they were like no we'll get in line it's cool yep. you know you cannot be mean jason that's cool so i mean i don't think anthony, anthony have you ever disciplined somebody yes <laughs> i'm just playing i i, I can no it's Depends. Like with my lower levels, my compulsories, I'm more stern and more. Well, you have to be. You have to be a dictator at that age. Yes, yes. So for sure, them, yeah, I discipline them way more with my optionals. And if you talk to my nines and tens, they're like, he never yells. Like, yeah, they know. Like, this is what you have to do. I'm working my butt off by spotting. I'm spotting the whole time. Yeah, because I'm jumping from overshoots to packs to double backs catching whatever because every there's not one kid on my on my team that doesn't need me to do something for them so they know that this is what you do this is today's assignment of all you guys have to do it and i'm busy so if you need me to give you something you have to call my name in bubble and they all do anthony 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 Anthony. my mind's running a thousand but they're not going to get um Ang- I'm not going to be angry. There was right. actually uh, one day last week. Um, I don't know why. It, less, there was like four days of last week that I was just intense. <laughs> I didn't know why, but I was just like going at it when I was especially with no meat this, this weekend. This. And it's funny because one of uh, one of my students goes like this. Ooh, where is this coming from, Anthony? <laughs> this one's fiery. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, am I really? And she's like, yes. Yes, I like it. And I'm like, whoa. So I took, turned to everybody and said, I'm a little hostile. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's keep working. But it's funny. It was like three days. And they were like, and I don't, I don't know. Again, it was the same. It was around the same time that I asked my um, coworker, you know, these questions. Because yeah. I, I just, it was in my head. So I was just in this coach zone where I'm just like, come on, we got to get these things done. And I'm trying to push. And again, then I started to realize, hey, you got to, I got to push back because, and then, unfortunately, I had a kid that's like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm like, yeah, but you're not mentally ready. She's like, I don't know. Nope, I got to do it. I'm going to do it, coach. So I was like, okay, go line up all these mats. She goes and she does the first um, overshoot, catches it, and kind of just turns and does it. I'm like, I don't like how do I? And she's like, I need you to come over here and watch me. I'm like, I don't want to watch you die. Okay, I don't want to watch you die. <laughs> she's like, so, of course, she catches that first one. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh. All right, so I guess I was wrong. Walk away the second one, she uh, catches yeah. and just collapses and whiplashes all uh, over. She's sitting there crying, and I'm like, I told you. <laughs> so, See, I, I think I, I think sometimes I told her before. 
I said, do you really want me to be the guy to sit there and say, yes, go do this. And then you get hurt. Right. Or they not be ready that I, that you weren't ready. And now it's on me. Now I got to go home feeling bad. And she's like, it's not your fault. I'm the one that wants to do this. So I'm like, so of course it happens. And I'm like, I'm sitting next to her and she's, you know, tearing. I'm like, is your neck okay? And she's like, yeah, it just hurts right here. She goes, I'm an idiot. It just hurts where the hyoid is broken. (laughs) Dude. And I'm like, no, you're not. She's like, yes, I'm an idiot. I, I'm just, I'm an idiot. And I'm like, no, you're not. First of all, it takes guts to be willing to go that far to do something that you wanted to do and be willing to almost die and eat mad. <laughs> so that takes guts and courage. So don't call yourself an idiot. I said, but you you're need to understand that when your coach is telling you, Hey, you're not ready. Need a little bit more. Yeah. And you're not ready. Yeah. You need to take that advice. You need to trust it that right. way. Because now if you're, if your injury is really bad, now you're really not competing. Well, and, and they it's have a, to be able to tr- an extra day or two. It's a two way street too. If they, they got to be able to trust you when you say you're not ready. And when you say they are ready. Right. So yeah. they need to know that. So, and I think a lot of times people confuse, um, screaming and yelling and being a jerk with intensity and competitiveness. Right. I don't yeah. think you can find two coaches more competitive than Anthony and I really I when, when it comes down I'm to bad. it. We're be- we're pretty bad about it. I mean, I've been in plenty of coaches' rooms where Anthony and I have been standing in there, and he's broken up because someone didn't do well, and that he's upset and not upset. And you know, I mean, I gotta hug him, and he cries on my shoulder. But yeah. I mean, just a little bit. I'm a good hugger, so yeah, I like to soften my head. On <laughs> but sometimes people confuse that, and that's not the thing. You know, it, here's the last story because we gotta go. But. It's funny because I, you know, I'm fairly new at my at the gym I'm at, and uh, another coach was spotting, and the girl was working pack saltos, and I'm watching, and I don't coach her, and I'm watching, and I'm like, hey, you don't you don't tap right there, like you don't tap into that, and she's like, okay, you know, and I kind of talk to her, and she goes and she taps, and as soon as she taps, I see the shoulders start to close. And if I was at Eagle, if I was at Eagle, I would have yelled catcher because I knew as soon as she went, I'm like, which was kind of like a growth moment for me because it reminded me of Terry because Terry could watch from the other side of the gym and Terry could be like, catcher. And you had to catch because he just could tell like he was so good at that. He could watch a girl's grips and he's like, she could appeal like he was unbelievable. And he would run over and catch people midair. He was unbelievable. And so I'm standing there and I'm not, I wasn't allowed to catch yet. So I'm standing on the outside. And as soon as she did it, I was like, yell catcher, yell catcher. Yeah. Like I knew in my head and she hits her feet on the bar, goes straight down, lands. And, uh, and it was bad. She, she actually quit <laughs> the next day. <laughs> not because of that, but she quit. And I was like, oh my gosh, but I wasn't comfortable there yet or at the gym yet so <clears throat> i didn't know with that coach if i yell catch him are they gonna be like what you know and look over at me and then totally miss the Dude. spot uh so you know i didn't say anything but in my head i was like ah catch her catch her catch her catch her catch her and i came this close to like if i was working with you i would have yelled catch her 
yeah. and you would have caught her because <laughs> that's the kind of coach you are. But I wasn't sure what that coach would do. And I wasn't sure what the girl would do because I didn't coach her. So I didn't say anything. And as soon as she hit the floor, I was like, oh, I should have yelled something. But yeah. that was a kind of a growth I tend moment to always for me. Go- Whoa, 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 whoa. And then it's done. <laughs> there was the other, Always. the other day, one of the girls did or I something. Yell out, no! Because I already, because I see them doing, I'm like, no, don't do it. And then it happens. And I'm like, there was the other day, me and my coaching partner, we coach, uh, she'll come over because she doesn't have any other girls. So if I'm coaching an event, she'll come over with me and coach the event with me. And the other day, something, I don't even remember what it was, but we both went <gasps> at the same time. <laughs> and we were like, you know it's bad if you make both of us do that because it takes a lot to make me vocalize anything. And even to, it takes a lot for you to get my pulse rate to go up, like crashing-wise. And she yeah. did it. We were both like, we just went, we didn't go off on her, but we were like, uh, what were you <laughs> thinking? So yeah, my, 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 every time after something like that and say if they don't fall, and I just get that, whoa, and I'm like, and I go, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for making me poop myself. See, I always say, I always say, do you not see the gray in my beard? Do you not see the gray? I only have so many heartbeats left, yeah. so you can't raise the heartbeat because yeah. I only got like six or seven. <laughs> I tell them billion too, left. They, some of them uh, were with me when I went um, what, before I left. Yeah, whatever. So they they were with me when uh, when I had that mild stroke there. So they know I have high blood pressure. So I tell them, you know, I have high blood pressure. You know it, and you're gonna go and do that. I want you to explain to my beautiful mother why she can't kiss her son <laughs> when she sees me. And then they're going, oh, oh. I go, no, I'm just kidding. My mom doesn't even like me. <laughs> Which we all know. When he does, Will doesn't know this. Well, he's listened to the show, but when yeah. he does impersonations of his mother, he does it with a Spanish accent. Yeah. And which is ridiculous because his mother does doesn't have, have an accent. But he's like, mijo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. you, me, mijo. Okay. Right. Like, right. sh- subscribe, all that. Share, Tell him, Anthony. Comment, comment, comment. Follow. Share, 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 guys. Um, and especially if kids, if you have questions, things that you want us to go over, or even comments or issues that you're having, let us know. Um, we still have. Do, has anybody have we picked a winner on our contest? No one's commented. I haven't posted that video yet. It's only been the podcast. Okay. I don't think anybody's commented on the podcast. I'll check. Well, we'll try to. I'm going to try to do. I'm going to think of another contest to do. And we'll, next time, I'm just going to have to make sure that Jason posts. Um, you know what's funny is I haven't been to our iTunes our because I do everything through a different server. So we're on iTunes, but I've never been to our site on iTunes, like our launch page or our landing page. So I should probably go there. I could go. There might be you know 85 what? A comments. Of, a lot of the kids that, that I know, they're like, they listen to it on iTunes. That's where they yeah, watch it. Yeah. And then that's the, 60, the, the, some of 70, I think 70% of our listeners are on iTunes. It's funny too, because then in some of them, will 15 different on countries. FaceTime and one will pop the laptop up and then they watch it. That's funny. They're telling me, I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, since I know you girls are doing that, why aren't you commenting? Well, really? we have like latest video on YouTube. I think we're at like 30 views, but we're also on over 20 listens. So together it's over 70 something. We're almost to 500 listens for less than 20 shows, which is pretty good actually to start with. So anyway, like, yeah. comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Everybody thank Peace Will. Out, people. Thank me. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank, thank you, Will. Anthony.
<laughs> you guys finally got to meet. Yeah, man. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but it's not the same when you're not in person. I know. We got to do one in person. The energy level is just so much different. The energy yeah, level is different. And it wasn't else. for a massive snowstorm. Massive snowstorm. Right. We were, well, we were going to have a big show. We were going to have, it was going to be five I know, of us. We were hyping it up. I was going to tell you to bring your mic. I was going to tell you to bring your mic. I was going to figure out how to get all the mics linked to one soundboard. And yeah, it was going to be all fun. They'll come out. They they texted me at the last possible minute, too. They're like, I don't think we're going to make it. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't expect you to. So Anthony know, called I, me last I night, though, and I called him a big sissy. I'm like, just cancel, sissy. <laughs> don't give me all these like, excuses. I'm, not I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Just let you know if it gets bad, I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I texted him this morning. I just heard from people, so. I texted him this morning and told him, don't even think about coming out. Yeah. So he probably still would have. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Later. There we go. That was a good show. Yeah.